guys, welcome back to another episode of Conversation with Muse. On this episode, we are going to be speaking about what is good branding, how to identify a good logo, and even how to outsource work. So on today's episode, I have a really great friend of mine, a design genius. We have worked together for years. I want you guys to welcome my good friend and my business associate, Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Crowd goes wild. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> I'm so glad to finally have you on an episode of the show. So welcome. So Lawrence, I generally like to start the podcast with an icebreaker. I feel like we don't have to break the ice. So just for people to get a little glimpse into who you are, if you were stuck on a deserted island, what three movies would you pick to watch for the rest of your life? The Matrix. Okay. I want to say the Matrix one, two, and three. And now I'll take four. But the Matrix one, for sure, 100%, no doubt, without a doubt. Okay. Um, I take shows. You know, I like shows better than movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take something like, a, like a, maybe a Game of Thrones type of show. Okay. Or something sci-fi. There's this new show called Race by Wolves that I really love. Um. It's about like uh, 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 mutant robots that are basically tasked to repopulate a different planet with humans. I love that. So yeah, that's what I'll do. So it would be the Matrix, the first Matrix, raised by wolves. Mm-hmm. But then what's the third one? That's it? I think I'll take something like Game of Thrones long that I can just... Spend my time. Past time, you know? okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, just like a really intricate storylines with multiple characters where there's like multiple like uh, leads and the lead dies and he's like, oh, well, now it happens, you know? Okay, so, okay, that's a good three. I, for some reason, I was expecting the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. All right, cool. So Wait, how about you? Me? Oh my gosh. So I'm not big on, like, I'm big on, like, comic relief and just, like, being and not having to think about a lot of things. So for sure, this is going to seem so stupid, but Sex in the City <laughs> would just be the movie, not not the, like, series of the movie. Don't laugh at me. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would, um, movie or show... I'll take The Office because I can rewatch that all the okay. time. And then I'll take Martin. So through and through. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I don't watch outside of like Marvel movies. I'm not big on anything that triggers me. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I think that, that would you know, be what I should. Taking like all of Marvel would be cool because, you know, that's like. Yeah. So if I could like know, pack up Disney Plus. And put that on the island with me, then that'll be ideal. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be mad at that. Yeah, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about just yourself and kind of what it is that you do. So, 2022, what I do, well, my job, I'll start with my job, right? My job is a designer, I work as a designer. And, um, and I'll stop right there. I do work in branding, you know, different types of things. Um, but I would say that I would start as being a designer. Um, I think that beyond that, but, but, but the thing is that like, I'm moving into a space personally, right. Where like, I'm not going to be like tied to these titles or bound 
to any of these things or how like because some of these things sometimes like put limitations on you right so like um my thing is to be more do more right yeah and so and be whatever i want do be and, and be whoever i want and do whatever i want so i'm a designer and i do a bunch of stuff uh and re- i work in real estate as well um um i'm an investor um so on and so forth it just but designer i think like encapsulates a lot of things because i approach everything as a designer right so whether it's uh, an investment or something that i'm work on i mm-hmm. want to control it i want to make sure you know like what are the use cases for it what what does it look like what is the experience i, I approach everything as a designer yeah. so i guess that that's that you know I, i'll go with that I think that's a great answer because that was going to lead me to my next question as far as how you got into art and design, because I think you touched on it really great where you say you approach everything from a design perspective. Um, and we've been friends for a while. So I, when, if we have a conversation about something, it always goes to like the intricate and the design and the, like you take it to another level. So how did you get into art and design? That's a great question. I think I just fell in it. But if you really like, um, I felt I sort of did fall into it. However, if you look, if I look back hard enough at like my childhood, mm-hmm. long enough, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, far back enough, I I think that uh, I was gonna be a designer anyways, right? So like, you know, when 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 I was a kid, when I was a kid, we used to make like our own toys out of wires, mm-hmm. right? Because we didn't have no toys, so we used to make our own toys. So like. You know, you have to design like who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, what is the color palette of that? You know, I'm not thinking what is the color palette of this toy, but I'm just like, oh, I think this guy looks good in this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's make him a mask, you know. And so we we'll do that out of like electrical wire. Um, as a kid, um, we used to be obsessed with logos, right? Mm-hmm. All these things that you can't have, right? Used to put the Nike check right here when I used to have hair. <laughs> Um, yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to draw logos all the time. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And, and so I never caught up on. I never like picked up on this. I thought that this was like what everybody did, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess a lot of people did do that. You know, a lot of people did. You know, get the logos on their head. But I used to draw logos all the time. Um, I asked as a child to be put in art school. Um, that's one of the things that I asked. I asked for many things, right? And um, I, I'm the youngest by like 16 years. Okay. So I feel like my mom tried really hard with my brother to make it to, you know, he, he was like an athlete growing up. He was in like all these sports or whatever. He didn't really have the discipline or the, or what it takes to be an athlete, whatever. That goes on. He grew up. My sister was like an art, you know, my mom really invested into her, like becoming like a pianist or some, something cool, right? Mm-hmm. Never have, nothing ever happened. And those are the two things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be an athlete and a creator. Was okay, and like, before, I, Wait, before I, you continue. 16 years later. Before you continue, was that because that's what your siblings were doing? You kind of wanted to emulate that? No. Okay. Um, that's just, that was just what I was interested in, what I was interested in as a kid. Okay. Um, but I think... Actually, I know that my mom was like, you know, like I spent so many years with these other two kids 
and they really didn't do anything. So it was like, this is just like a kid's thing. And um, so I, I, I mean, I would put myself in sports and like, you know, I would get the help, but I didn't have like, hey, let's make this little kid into a, a pro athlete or let's mm. make this, let's, let's actually work as a unit to make this kid like a world-class artist, right? Um, that, that went to my siblings. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like they sort of like gave up. But regardless, you know, stuff like that is, is in you, right? And, if, and then ultimately you choose to pursue it or you don't, right? Yeah. Um, so early on, I, I think because of like how I used to draw when I was a kid, I'm talking like seven, eight, nine, ten. It just kind of like, and it, and it went to sleep kind of like in high school. I was an athlete in high school, but like the creative side just kind of like got sleepy. Then after high school, I was in the military. That was, I was not doing anything related mm. to either of those things. But when I left the military, I was like, well, what do I want to do? Right. So I started going to school. Okay. Yeah. And then one thing led to the next. I found myself in art school and I was like, I actually don't want to be an artist. I want to be a designer, okay. right? Because like artists are making stuff that, that like I want to make stuff that is gonna have a use, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so then I ended up in in graphic design school. I actually went to architecture school as well. So that's kind of it was kind of like a domino. Uh, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a domino, or events, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Okay. In, um. So, because you say you you did you went to art school, then you went to graphic design school and architectural school. So you kind of have at some point in life, you just kind of have this design mentality. Like there's something yeah, in yeah, here. So yeah. the the threads were kind of just connecting. You just didn't know how when they were connected. Pretty much, pretty much. I did. I had no guidance, so I was kind of figuring it out. You know, uh, after architecture school, I took a whole year off because I was like, well, you know, like I did an internship with this architect. And what I realized was that architects have an awesome job, but it doesn't turn awesome for most architects mm-hmm. until the end of their lives, mm. right? So you don't just get this awesome building to design. You need to put in, obviously, you need to put in work for everything in life. But I'm talking about like, I looked at the history books in when this when these designers when these architects made their masterpieces they died within 10 years because the budgets are so like imagine it's a it's a building we're talking that guy and now these days we're talking about sometimes billions of dollars if you want to do something that is and that's what i'm interested in if you want to do something that is revolutionary something that's innovative if you want to push the boundary right then it takes for for architects it takes big budgets you know it takes uh, people to trust you. Somebody needs to say, hey, I'm going to give you, I don't know, half a billion dollars. Here's the budget. Make me a, a, a concert hall, you know, mm-hmm. or make me a, a I'm going to give you $10 million. Make me a home. You have to trust that person. And then that person has to have a, so, and then the projects, here's what turned me off. The projects last so long. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I don't have, like, I cannot, I don't want to work on something for five years. Okay. You know, I want to work on something for one, six months or less, you know, um, just because my attention is just not there. Yeah. Right. I'll get bored really quick. So 
I wanted to have short projects. And then I saw that this is like when I did the internship, this guy, he did well for himself, you know, but he had like a pool, a bathroom, this, that, the other. So literally I would sit next to him on his desk and he would pull up a pool, change one side, print it, sign it, sell it. So I'm like, you're not doing anything creative. He didn't do anything creative, right? And so I was like, I don't want to do this. This sucks. Um, so uh, because they really glamorize it in school, but yeah. in, in, the, in, in reality, it was, I was like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. So I was like, I'm out. And I just kind of like, I finished architecture school. Uh, like I finished, like I didn't become an architect, but I finished where I was. I completed that like um, course or you have to do a three-year program place. first okay. i did that and then i took a year off and i was like i don't know i'm gonna do that ended up deciding to you know going to art school whatever so that's basically what happened okay so that's interesting because it puts into perspective a lot of kind of your baseline right where you where you come from and kind of where you are now in building pillars like I can jump into conversations about how we speak about you want to design chairs and all that stuff but that's a different conversation um the premise of what you just mentioned yeah. is, uh, you know, how you got into graphic design or um, branding and all of that stuff. For, let us, um, I'll start with the easiest thing first. What is branding and why is it even important for any business to have branding as something that they focus on in, um, in the inception of the business? Branding and a brand are two different things. Yes. There is branding there's what is a brand and and what and, like, and then also we end up having a conversation about a brand identity mm -hmm. three different things so like what is the brand let's start there i think that's the first layer a brand is nothing but your opinion of something or someone okay right that's that's literally it so what is your opinion of me that is my brand okay uh, what is my opinion? What is like a group of people opinion of me? That is my brand. Okay. And everything and everyone has a brand, whether you have worked on it, whether you actively um, uh, work on it in order to, um, for lack of a better word, manipulate how people think. And change that perception. Okay. To, pers to, to shift the perception, right? Manipulation kind of has a negative connotation, but that is the word, you know, it doesn't have to be negative. Um, so that is a brand, right? Why do people think of something? So why do you think of like any of the great businesses or um, great uh, people of the world, right? Um, now, that is like the top of the pyramid. Again, yes. the first skin of the onion. The, under that, you have like, what did that person do in order to get a, a group of people to think about them that way? Or what did that company do in order to get a group of people to think a certain way about them, good or bad? Sometimes um, people or like um, companies do something by mistake and then negatively changes their perception. That is your brand as well, right? Okay. Um, so that is branding. The things that we do, my branding is the, 
branding is what I do in order to get in order to cause the the in order to cause the way you're gonna think of me. Again, this is as as I have defined it. So brand is external, branding is internal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why I wore this shirt today, right? I wore this shirt today in a in a ultimately, right? And you you can peel all the psychological layers, right? Ultimately, I wore this shirt not only because I like it or whatever, because I think it represents like a good, it's a good representation of who I think I am. But ultimately, you if I had wore a different shirt, you would have the people who are seeing me would probably think slightly different, right? Gotcha. Um, but but this kind of fits my persona. Creative, this, you know, whatever, uh, risk taker, like I'll wear this shirt, you know what I'm saying? So um that's branding. And then the and then the brand identity is is um is the markers, right? Like um in in, in business, you know, like insurance companies have like a logo. Mm -hmm. They have they like there is no coincidence that like State Farm is red and the Allstate is blue mm -hmm. and Geico, you know, has a you know has a lizard. You know, that's a brand identity. Those are the markers. 50 minutes or less, you know, that's a that's a brand identity thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it actually goes into branding as well, but that's a brand identity. It's a, it is marking who that is. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. That, that yeah. is McDonald's. That's a marker. That's, a, that's yes. part of your brand identity. Um, the red can, that's, that's a part of the brand identity. See what I'm saying? So it's what they have I'm done. I'm not going to say the name of the red can. So it's what kind of well, you know the red can. Yeah. So it's kind of what they have done to let us know who they are um, and what they have built. Got it. Okay. Right. Like a logo is part of your brand identity. Got it. Got it. It's got not it, your brand. It. Your brand is what people think. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, that's that's perfect because I was gonna say give me give me an example of that, but you just did where mm -hmm. you kind of said the logo is a part of the second layer, which is the brand identity, where the brand itself is what does people think McDonald's is or what does people perceive Nike to be or what does people perceive Louis Vuitton to be? It's exclusive, yeah. it's luxury, yeah. but then the identity is kind of the things that associate like, oh, okay, that's kind of what it, got it, okay. Um, all right, so I feel like that was a great explanation of what is branding and what is a brand. And for for putting together a brand identity, how do you conceptualize that, right? So introduced to business X and they like, oh, I have this t-shirt company and I want you to, I want to change the logo. I want the logo to be like, da, 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 da. and you go into it because I know you and you don't just say, oh, here's your logo. That's not what the concept of who you are is. So mm -hmm. how do you conceptualize uh, a brand's brand identity package or whatever that looks like? Most people, I would imagine, I, 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 I wouldn't have to imagine it. I know that most people would approach that problem as like, hey, do you like this? This looks cool. Or I think it's cool. It's like people have this very self-centered approach, whether it's from, the from a different designer. It's like, oh, I think this is cool. Mm -hmm. I think I would buy this. So then boom, or um, let's just say that you're dealing with a CEO or CMO or whoever, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, um, I like it. They make like I statements, right? So um, that's, that's, I think that's incorrect because um, 
it's you're, not about you're you making it's a about the company for the masses right yeah mm-hmm. even if, if it's not for like a, a, a mass market even if it's a small segment of a market you have to acknowledge who is who's, who who wants this stuff right or mm-hmm. whether it could be you know a celebrity i mean it's it's not just a product it could be it could be anything right um it could be a plant you know for some time they were running uh, campaigns um to better the perception of milk got milk yes. it wasn't any particular brand they're just trying to make you think they're trying to manipulate you into thinking that milk is good for you that you should buy milk mm-hmm. right um and that's what it is. It's like they're branding milk. They're rebranding. It's cool. They have athletes. They have this. You know. Yeah. They're rebranding milk. It's not. Doesn't have to be a product itself. Like milk is a product, but it doesn't have to be. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't like have a to singular be like a, thing. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but essentially, my approach is: how do? You, what can I do to bridge the world of business and the creative world? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's ultimately what I want to do. Boom. What are your business goals? What do you want to do? Why are you even interested in rebranding? Like what brings us here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just kind of start talking about, you know, business, how. And for me, like, um, I'm like a street business person. Like, uh, 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 not, in the, not in the literal way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I've learned, like, <laughs> Uh, but I just trial and error, you know, yeah. oh, I guess I'm not doing that again. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I learned, like, or how I'm learning. I don't know. I don't know anything. Right. Um, my whole approach is like, okay, well I'm extremely creative. Like mm-hmm. I believe that I am world-class creative. Absolutely. Right? Put me up there, find the best creative you can possibly think of and put me right there next to them. Right. It's kind of like the. It's kind of skills? like the. I don't mean to cut you, but it's kind of like the Kanye thing of I'm the Elon Musk of what I do. I'm the Walt Disney of what I do. Like because yeah, you are in that caliber. Whether people want to receive that or not, your work also speaks for that. And your mindset in your brain, exactly. Yeah. So continue. Sorry. <laughs> so, but how can I use my skills? to like do better business or how do I do, how do I use my skills to meet business halfway, mm-hmm. right? Or the way a, a certain person wants to do business or a certain, you know, whatever. How can I use these skills to accomplish a goal? And then, you know, without going in too hard into it or, uh, you know, or too detailed, I got processes for like, how to identify, uh, um, a segment of mark of a market that might be open to uh, to a company. For example, like um, if we talk about like different like different brands, right? So you'll have like, like okay, how about this? What is a? Let me ask you a question. What is a brand in any space mm-hmm. that you think um, that you think is cool? brand in any space that i think or or that is doing well or whatever just give me a brand in any space um preferably something that people know okay let's just do louis vuitton because it's we all know it oh that's oh what a good example boom louis vuitton louis vuitton is close 
right? Mm-hmm. Clothing and accessories, mm-hmm. fashion, boom. Louis Vuitton has defined their customer very, very, very well, okay? Louis Vuitton is in competition with like a lot of different stuff. And this is how, this is how my brain thinks about this, right? Yeah. So yeah. Louis Vuitton is in competition with Chanel, mm-hmm. Coach. Louis Vuitton is in competition with Gucci, but it's also with Zara mm-hmm. and like um, H&M, mm-hmm. right? They're all selling clothes. They sell clothes to very different people. So does somebody who go to Zara go to Louis Vuitton? Yes. And, but there are people who exclusively shop at each, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they come together like this and they, like a Venn diagram, they meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. But there's also people that go to Zara. I cannot go to Louis Vuitton. Got it. There's people who go to Louis Vuitton that will never, never. be caught dead in Zara. There's people. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Monique. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Would it be caught dead? Would it not be caught dead? You are one. lying. I do it. go to. <laughs> <laughs> but I do understand that concept and market segments is super important and in so, what you're explaining. Yeah. Boom. So we just came. We just had like a segment of the market, right? Mm-hmm. But in the in that segment, there are more segments. Mm-hmm. So like because you have like a brand like Louis Vuitton, but you have another brand like Gucci. They are very different. Mm-hmm. If you really get down to the nitty gritty, and who's buying, you know. A two a thousand dollar pair of jeans and a fifteen hundred pair dollar pair of shoes and a three thousand dollar bag. If you really look at these things, Burberry, Prada, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, very different, fundamentally different. Yep. You know, like Gucci will have more of like a 70s, 60s, like hippie vibe. Louis Vuitton is different. Louis Vuitton late as of late, you know, with Virgil is like more edgy and street mm-hmm. and they're all different. Boom, 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 boom. And so you look at a, an entire like landscape of brands and you say, but what's not happening? Maybe they don't have like golf luxury. I got it. Okay. You know what I'm so you're looking for boom, that missing business opportunity. Piece. Yeah. What's the missing piece? What can we do? You know, what can we do? If, like, let's just say we want to build a Louis Vuitton competitor, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, well, maybe l- there's no golf in luck. There's no there's no luxury golf. So why don't we just kind of like without going too far, let's test those waters. Let's see what happens. Boom! You see that? Yeah. So um, that's a multi million dollar idea. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. For a very decide. So the closest thing that I can even think of that will come close to that is like a Alexander Wang. It's very street, but they also have like a part of it that gives you that edgy feel where it's the thick boots, it's the big chunky oh. stuff. So it's just looking for what you're saying is in doing that brand identity for a brand is looking for that missing piece. So kind of throw them against the wall, line it up and say, yes, you have a t-shirt or apparel company. This is, these are who your competitors are. What's missing from your brand. And you kind of just kind of build that and design that for them or give them the idea of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. And That's so- my approach. I, I be, you know, everybody, so everyone who does this, um, either copy somebody who does it successfully yeah. or comes up with their own. I came up with my own process. Mm-hmm. And my, my belief is, is like, in order to do something that is going to 
stick and be remembered, yeah. you have to do something that is different fundamentally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, that's yeah. one of the things. And I that's what brand positioning is, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is brand positioning. That is standing out and do being different than the competitors. And that's kind of what I love about the way you work and how you work and the type of work that you produce, because all of what you just said kind of gets put on paper and you're like, damn, this is genius. Damn, this is like, I wouldn't think of that or my mind wouldn't go there when I think of set brand or whatever that is. So in you conceptualizing that, what makes a good logo for anyone that, because a lot of people, when they think about rebranding, the only thing that they think about is, oh, I need a new logo, right? (laughs) So what is it that makes a good logo for any brand? Because we've seen companies change logos or do a rebrand. Burger King just did it where they changed their entire landscape of what they did. You know, we we, we mm-hmm. see these brands. Um, Starbucks a couple years ago redid their uh, branding. Apple has redid their branding. What makes a good logo for any brand? Well, the logo really is like 10% of the equation, 5% of the equation, right? Um, and like, there's like a formula. It's just like making a soup, right? The logo is like salt, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, or like your seasoning, I don't know, I guess, you know, uh, like the, the logo is like the amount of seasonings, like your ratio of seasonings that you, that you use, right? I think that like all of these things need to be examined individually um, and, 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 and see in how they come together for that, you know, yeah. how do we want to, how do, how do we want this brand to be perceived? Yeah. Well, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Okay. I just said brand, branding, brand identity. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Okay, all right, boom. So um the logo job is really just to um to brand. <laughs> it's like when you put your name on the cow's ass and it's like that's my cow. <laughs> When these cows go wandering, when your cow and my cow, when your three cows and my four cows go over there and I got to go get them, I got to know which one is mine. I put my name on there, on the cow's ass, right? That's the logo's job. It says, this is, is mine. Is whatever, exactly. Um, and that's really what it does, right? So, and that's it. Like, you know, now, uh, logo's logos have evolved to do a little more mm-hmm. and to have different functions um but ultimately that is the job of the logo and that is what the logo must do right okay. that is the bottom line it's a marker that's why it's called a mark um and so um what makes it good that was the question right yeah like what makes a good logo what makes it good it's like a good logo is a good mark that says that that is mine. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Don't talk to me like that's mine. Right. So, for example, um, you put a Nike check on a shoe. That was made by Nike. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are no other ones that look like it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, anything with a check is Nike. Yeah. That's it. And I think um, it's very, very easy, very, very simple. Now, 
there's there's so many there's so many like so that's the logo's job so what makes it good it's unique uh there are so many i i have personally um a a, a set of like requirements the logo it has to meet mm -hmm. in order to be in order for me to even show it to a client if i did something yes. right yeah okay so like those um it has to be um it has to be perfectly legible black and white if it has to work black and white okay so, you know color is like a thing now and people do and it gets really intricate and, and like gradients and like you know uh, there's 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 no telling to what people are going to suggest things should be but if it doesn't work black and white then it doesn't work because um you know like let's just say you start a hair salon and you need to put a sign outside of your building and you make it into a franchise and now you have 350 stores and you gotta boom and your logo has two things in color that go over each other mm -hmm. and you can see them in color but you know the shopping center says this has it's one color because a yes, lot you know yes like, yes yes a lot of places don't have like different color signs yep. hey one color if it doesn't work in black and white it doesn't work right that's good so that's, that's like really one of my good. requirements it needs to work on the biggest thing right now too needs to work like this size so like um when you go on instagram mm -hmm. and the you know it has your handle and it has a little circle in yeah. there if your logo is not distinctive that that's smaller than your pinky nail right if yeah. the logo is not distinctive in there then it also doesn't work right so it has to logos the modern logo the modern logo has one of the requirements is that it has to shed all of the detail yes. in order to be distinctive at this size right so that is that lawrence i feel like <laughs> You crack the code because you always say a logo necessarily doesn't um, depict the brand. It just it's just part of the brand identity. And I think you kind of just explained it perfectly where it's just like the logo is it has to work everywhere. Um, and the, what I like what you just said was. In the shopping, because my mind will never go there like, oh, if you put it on like a sign, because a lot of people, okay, let's just be transparent here, right? A lot of people, especially business owners or smaller business owners who want to climb the ladder. We're not talking about like corporate because they have people like yourself that are in-house that are branding yeah, and yeah, designing. Exactly. I'm them and telling them, hey. Yeah. So for smaller businesses, you're like, oh, they want a logo and you present something that's simple, futuristic, and they're like, oh no, but it doesn't say our name and they want their name to be in it. They want that one thing it's just you kind of define it just now as to why that not saying your name isn't important but your logo doesn't it needs to shed all of that stuff so you don't have to tell me yeah, in your logo yeah. excuse me that you're a coffee shop you don't have to tell me in your logo that you are a hair salon so i think you really just explained that perfectly there that's a great point um actually i could even expand on what you were saying it's like um people get caught up that the name of the brand mm -hmm. If, it, if it's a business, the yeah. name of a brand has to say what the company does. That's that's one thing that you just mentioned. And in well, let's just stop there. So that's a you're you're literally like loading a pistol and aiming it right at your leg, right? <laughs> um, because like let's just say all right, so we come out with 
this company selling pens. We got the best pens for the best prices. And this is going to be like life changing, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So we started this company and we called it uh, Monique's and Lawrence's Pens. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's call it Ultra. Mm -hmm. Ultra Pens. Now, if we in five years decide to sell mugs, ultra pens from yeah how can you grow from from that right so um i i believe that it is branding uh, most a lot of times is a reducing project uh, um, process right it's a process of reduction mm -hmm. versus a additive process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying people are like well you know our company is trustworthy and boom and these are our values our logo needs to say that what are you doing in the logo that says that you can trust us nothing <laughs> that's not the logo's job bro like the logo's job is to say ultra now we're gonna run campaigns and we're gonna do this and that and the other that's gonna say all of those other things yes, right but the, yes, that's yes. not the logo's job yes. it's like if you it's like in sports if you put your um if you put your guy in first base in baseball to like to play somewhere else midfield or something when you yeah throw a ball to first base nobody's gonna catch it mm -hmm. gotta put your first baseman there yeah so um that's there's that i think that's a really great point and we can speak about like logos and that whole concept for probably for like two hours, but I do want to transition yeah. a little bit. I do want to get into, um, so, you know, we've worked together for many years now. And I think you spoke about, you were in graphic design school. I met you when you were in graphic design school. So I, I saw the process and the transition to kind of where you are now. But one of the things that when we first started working together, me being in marketing and you being in design and art mm -hmm. was, not, I, I don't want to say we clashed, but we just didn't understand each other in the sense of you were so creative and I was just so analytical, right? Like if we want yeah. to be a bit yeah. transparent. Um, so mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, Lawrence, I need a graphic for this email. And then you'll make something so great. And I'm just like, but this doesn't translate. So I kind of had to learn your language and then vice versa. Right. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so I want to kind of, and even for web, right? So we work with the yeah. web department and kind of why is it important for, like you said, like the logo or images or whatever. Why is it so important and, or not even why, how important is it for the creative or someone like yourself to understand other parts of the business? So for you to understand the marketing side and for you to understand the website, because some people think that, oh, I'm just a creative. I just need to create and that's it. How important as a designer is it for you to understand those other parts of the business? It's extremely important. It's, it's incredibly important. Um, well, in, in business, um, it's important that the designer understands a lot of different things because they are ultimately the very last line of communication before that customer, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that needs to get across, right? Um, so, but again, you know, these are things that come with like experience. You have to like, 
knock your head long enough to like one day be like, oh, that, that hurts. This It's a better way, right? Yes. Um, or maybe you don't have to do it many times. You just fail, fail, learn, lesson, fail, lesson, you know? So, um, yeah, but it's like, I think it's extremely important because uh, nothing, nothing is ever really um, one dimensional. And so um, you have to really, and especially for designers, you have to, you have to offer a perspective um, that is three dimensional and it's going to be understood, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the last thing, because I literally, we can go on and on about a lot of these things. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I do want to kind of pick your brain on is um what for business owners that can hire full staff because we know for brand like all of this stuff to work really well is for you to have people in house to do some of these things or have someone that you can pick up the phone or have your team say oh reach out to this brand or reach out to this agency or reach out to them if you're not able as a business to hire a full agency to do all of these things or to hire a team in-house to do all of these things and we know like places like Fiverr is online and a lot of people who don't have the means go to places like that. How, um, if you have to outsource work, what should you look for in the person that you're outsourcing it to? So I have a business and I want to outsource work to someone like yourself, to your agency. What should I be looking for in, um, in a creative agency when I'm outsourcing or a creative when I'm outsourcing work? There's two sides, right? So you're hiring a freelancer or maybe you're hiring a whole agency, mm-hmm. you know, because even hiring an agency is still probably cheaper than building your own. Absolutely. Um, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. But so if you, I, I, what I would do, this is, you know, if I have a business and I'm looking for, you know, marketing or creative people, um, and I'm look, if I'm looking for a freelancer, I would say like, for a freelancer, I would make make sure somebody that's like a great person that I think I would vibe. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. I would make sure that they are successful um, at what they do. Um, there's always going to be somebody better or worse or whatever. But yeah. if somebody's successful, yeah, thumbs great. up. Yeah, okay. They figure something else. Something <laughs> you know, um, communication skills and possibly like a good track record you know like who have you worked with what were their results where are they now yes um uh what kind of other people do you work with Mm -hmm. you know like what is your your network like right Mm -hmm. um that's how i would now approach like hiring an an individual or you know if it's some if this is obviously this is in in, a, in an area where I have zero zero to little expertise yes right yes um, if I have expertise I'll probably get somebody I'll look for somebody with potential right um, and I can guide them through it right mm-hmm. but if but if it's not my area of expertise that's it um, if it's an agency definitely I would look for an agency that's like that's a great track record working with other businesses. Um, that has a positive track record, right? I would say that most agencies are kind of a scam. Um, 
<laughs> no, they're not. Um, I'm an agency. I'm not a scam. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. And like know. low turnover rate for clients, because if you have an agency that has high turnover rate for, oh, they just keep getting new creators, obviously something within the agency that's kind of off. Right, right. You know, or maybe, so, yeah, something is, something, there's a problem, right? Okay. So, and, and you, and you, when you're hiring someone at this level, a lot of times you're giving them your life savings or you're giving them a good amount of money that you're not comfortable with losing. And so it's important that you make sure somebody like, you know, you're not, you're not getting scammed. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You're, you're placing a good bet, essentially. Um, references, you know, uh, obviously everybody's going to give you people that that's good, but you know, look, look for references. Mm-hmm. Um, case studies you know before afters um it's it's hard to it's hard to hire an agency i think it's easier to hire an individual than an agency Mm -hmm. agency is really hard and i think i i i I might be alone in this because like i've seen the inside of an agency you know where you have somebody who's extremely brilliant that's the person who you're the client speaks to somebody who's very savvy somebody who is their shit together successful everything but a lot of times you know if you go depending on the size depending on the size right mm-hmm. so like me like i'm involved on i touch almost everything because i don't i don't i don't even want to grow like it's you know because because it's me i'm the brand right yeah so um if imagine i had you know 60 clients and um 15 employees, 30 employees, right? I can't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so what happens is that I'll speak to somebody, they see my brilliance and they're like, oh man, let's do that. And I think people are going to do the thing that how I want, how I, you know, but it, that never happens. Yeah. People do their thing and, and, and work always ends up going to somebody who is just kind of like, learning or loss or doesn't give a shit you know even if you you don't care yeah even if you're this person that kind of teach them it's still something gets missing along the way yeah yeah and also like you build a relationship for me i work with very few people and so like i build relationships with people i work with and i want them to like be so successful and i want everything i touch i want them to be do really well but if i'm giving that to somebody else that doesn't care, mm-hmm. then um, it's just never gonna be as good, right? And, Absolutely. And, and, and you can see, and you can tell. So um, it's hard to hire an agency. It's very hard. And I think My some opinion. of the pointers that you gave for freelancers, you can apply some of that to the agency just at a deeper level. So I, I think yeah. that's that's really great. Um, Lawrence, I feel like I need to bring you back on the show because there is there's so many things that I didn't touch on, like photography and videography and like why good photography works on with branding. So I'm going to definitely bring you back on the show. But for now, tell our audience where they can see your work or where they can contact you um, and reach out to you. Um, Instagram, Lawrence Chape. I think it's Lawrence.Chape. LawrenceChape.com. That's pretty much it. Okay. And I always like to ask everyone when we come on the show, what is one piece of advice that you've gotten that has kind of helped you to where you are today? I stumped him. Invest. <laughs> invest in yourself. Invest. Invest hard, early. Invest 
a lot. Invest more than anything. Invest in yourself hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, invest. Invest. Invest in yourself and invest early. That's key. And invest on everything. In, just invest. Whatever that means to you, just yeah. invest. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Lawrence, again, I want to thank you for coming on to this episode of the podcast, guys. Um, if you've gotten this far and you enjoy the content that you that you were listening to or you're watching, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed, uh, go ahead and like us, share, tell your friends and your family members. Until next time, I'll see you again on another episode of Conversation with Muse. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome.